welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Emma. I'm Becky. And I'm Tash. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. That's very serious, wasn't it? It was a very subdued hi from Becky. She was just like, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> so, um, I have no idea what episode number this is. 25? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 25. Yeah. Let's say it's 25. Yeah. So, everybody all right? All good in the hood. How are you? Fine. Same as. Great. Same as. Becky, you you good? Yeah. Yeah, good now. Absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, see you next week. Tune in another time. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are so full of banter. So we uh, were a bit late releasing our chills and kills this week, but we had such a nice comment on Facebook when I posted that we were going to be late from Neil. So Neil, thank you so much for your lovely comments. Thank you, Neil. We appreciate you. Oh, do you know what? It was great because he said, I can't remember word for word what he said, but he basically said he really enjoyed the podcast, but he's also a paranormal investigator. (laughs) So that's like... Somebody who knows about proper spooky stuff is actually enjoying this, which made me feel quite good. Neil. Yeah. Thank you, Neil. I know. And uh, yeah. And he's like, he he goes on investigations and gets all EVPs and um, he uses like a spirit box to communicate. And it was was super interesting. Neil goes all in. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe in the future we need to get Neil on the show. Oh, we need Neil. to interview Neil. Yes, please. <laughs> I feel like we're saying his name quite a lot. <laughs> well, we're He's... giving him a shout yes, out. Yes, we are. And the other thing I want to say is we got another five star review on Apple Podcasts, which makes me just so happy. Yeah. And it made me laugh as well because, and you'll find out in a minute when I can find it, it said delightful it's funny it's informative and it's okay to high five during sex yes it is (laughs) see i'm not weird and i do you know what i've come to the conclusion i'm not weird you all just have boring married sex absolutely not well i'm not going to go into details but absolutely not i think you should try high fiving and i think you'd enjoy it I, i might just like one day just a spontaneous high five <laughs> becky's being extremely quiet yeah. i'm gonna say i think we may have tried it straight after we that episode aired did you <laughs> yeah i was like wait stop high five Woo! and how was it <laughs> uh, i think he took it that he was doing a very good job exactly <laughs> see see i'm it's very encouraging see? listen guys yeah. I might not be able to hold down a marriage, but I give great sex advice. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be our next podcast. <laughs> Tasha's Sex Corner. There we go. <laughs> anyway, that five-star review was left by Brian versus a robot. So thank you so much for that. Thank because you, Brian. Because that helps us so much. And yeah. the robots. Yeah, God bless you both. There we go. That's my shout outs done for the week. Thank you. Yeah. Well, don't thank me. Thank the people who do the stuff. Well, thanks, people. Thank you, people. If you too would like to have a shout out on the show or just make us really happy in general, rate, review, and subscribe. Those reviews, that's what does it. We love a good review. We love a good review. Yeah. 
almost as much as we love a high five. Yeah, or just chat to us on Facebook or, you know, just let us know we're doing a good job because that's what keeps us going, isn't it? Feed our ego. I wouldn't say or it's comment. an ego boost, but it just lets you know that people are enjoying yeah, it. So there, there is a point to actually continuing to do it. Yeah. So as long as we keep getting that feedback, we'll just keep doing it. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, Becky, you have a murder story for us, I imagine. You'd think so. <laughs> but this week, <laughs> she's going to talk about gardening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Chelsea Flower Show is coming up. And uh, we're going to discuss that. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave. Oh, don't you like talking about flowers? I do love talking about flowers. I'm just having trouble keeping my flowers alive. I spend so much time looking up how to keep my plants alive. It's unreal. Yeah. It's so proud, though, when it it, it grows and becomes something new and grows flowers. Yeah. When I ever, whenever I see a new leaf on my plants, I'm so yeah. happy. I had to give all my, fl- my pl- house plants away because my cats were eating them. Oh, that's sad. I've not got a single plant. But I have a lot of cats, so... Wow. <laughs> I made my choice. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's not a murder story and please god don't let it be a gardening story. No, it's not. It's um well, it's still a really good story. It's pretty cray cray from the off go. So this story revolves around a woman called Tawny Blazejowski, which is fun, and then a man called Joe Good. So at least Joe's got an easier name for me to pronounce. <laughs> Is she Russian? No, I don't. No, no, she's American. Isn't it? A, isn't it a Jewish name? Things that ends with Jowski. Oh, maybe Polish. I think, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Don't ask me. I'm not the best. Um. Anyway, it revolves around a woman named Tawny and a man named Joe Good. So she's called Tawny. She's called Tawny. T A W N Y. Like a tawny owl. That's what I was going to say. Like the owl, Tawny. I assume so. Yeah. Okay. So they started dating in 2009. They met in St. Augustine, Florida. They had a lot in common. They'd met at one of their kids' football games where Joe was the coach. Ah, that old chestnut. Yeah. He looked at the sidelines and saw a beautiful blonde. So they ended up... He's whispering. Me, sorry. Is it, is it Poppy? Cold nose. A cold nose was on my boob. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy is quickly becoming our little mascot, isn't she? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Bless her. So they they were both divorced. They both had children from previous relationships. Joe had two and then Tawny had four. Tawny was 38 at the time when they started dating and Joe was 10 years her senior. So that would have been six kids uh, in the house. That's a no from me. Tawny was one of those sensitive people that got upset too quickly over things. She just got angry over the smallest things. Well, that's a red flag. Straight off. Exactly. That's what having four kids will do to you. Yeah, she's living on the edge. like She's she's on her last fucking nerve, man. Despite this, things were going pretty well in their relationship. After two years, Joe popped the question. He said... This is a quote from Joe. He said, she was awesome. I mean, I got on a cruise with her and had a great time. We went to Puerto Rico. Yeah, I mean, nobody got pushed overboard. So that's great. <laughs> I did. When I read that, I was like, oh, a good one for last episode. 
<laughs> they survived this cruise and he wasn't pushed overboard and he was she. So Brucey bonus. Must be love, love, love. Until their third year together, cracks began to show. So were they married at this point or not yet? No, he dragged his heels setting a date, which is part of the reason why she'd like go off on him and stuff. And she, but I think he was seeing red flags and was like, I think I'll wait and see how this plays out. Good good shout, good shout. The time frame between when she got mad got shorter and shorter, so she was getting angry about more and more things more and more frequently. And it escalated until finally one day, whilst arguing over text, Tony asked Joe, do you want me to just go ahead and cancel the next vacation that we've got planned for us? And then he said, yes, sure, I'm tired of this. Oh, Joe, I think you just got yourself in trouble. I think so. Immediately, the phone rang and she said, are you sure this is what you want? Because I've got everything lined up and I'm going to ruin you. Uh, uh, That's uh, intense. uh, 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 Fucking hell. uh, (laughs) Over like a text row. Oh, Oh, shit. Do you know what? Text rowing's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, you just take everything worse. Mm. There should be something on your phone that stops that from happening. What, like, notification, babes? No, because you're arguing Yeah, like now. trigger words or something, because I just think rowing over text is the worst. They should get the Facebook police working on the texts, because they're, yeah. like, very sensitive to what you can post, so that'd do it. But then no one would be able to say anything. No, you wouldn't. No swearing. Can't say anything. It could almost be like, I don't know, it's more the context of things that people get wrong. So it'd be good if it could be like colour-coded so that if the context is like nice, if they're saying it in a nice way, it should be pink or something. I think the problem is with texts is that you read a text in the attitude that you've got. So if you're like raging, that's the way you're going to interpret that text. Yeah, exactly. If you're chill and you're just like, well, whatever, Trevor, then you're not going to interpret it as badly. Mm, exactly. And also, how prepared was she? It's almost as if she had got a little folder prepared, ready for the breakup, just in case. Bitches be crazy. Uh, exactly. And Tawny be crazy. Listen to this. <laughs> Tawny be bitches. <laughs> <laughs> this is when Tawny would launch campaign of pure hate towards Joe. Less than an hour after they split up over the phone or had this argument over the phone, Joe said that he received a text message notifying him that his email password had been changed. Tawny had hacked Joe's personal email account and sent pornographic images and a naked photo of Joe to his employer (gasps) and his colleagues. (gasps) Oh, oh revenge porn. That is not I have porn. nightmares about accidentally sending like a funny photo to someone and <gasps> to his employer and, and his bad colleagues. Though, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that like illegal, illegal. as well? Yeah, I yeah. think I think they've got better over things like this, but this was 2013, 14, 14. Oh yeah. Just not okay. Yeah. Like, and what are you gaining from that? And uh, the photo that, that she sent, like, they showed you it up to his waist, like, the top up on, on, like, one of the interview things that I watched to get some notes for this case. And he's just like, 
hands behind his head, like just like smiling so happy at the camera. <laughs> oh, no. um, um, but someone someone else has taken the picture. It's not like it was a dick pic. You know what I mean? Where he'd taken it himself. Yeah, she's taken a picture of him naked. Yeah. But do you know what? I think that's even shit. If you're going to do revenge porn, at least make it a really compromising picture. Someone just standing there with their knob out isn't that dramatic, is it? Like, it's just a dick. He probably didn't want his boss to see it, though. No, maybe not. But I don't, like... I mean, let's not do revenge porn, but at least make it decent if you're going to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. What do you mean? (laughs) Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't revenge porn, please. Don't listen to Well, you're not allowed to anymore. It's illegal, so don't do it. Yeah. And anyway, um, so he found this out when he logged into his his work email and found, like, 14 emails that he'd been CC'd on from his colleagues that was an email sent to the CEO of the company, like, complaining about him, saying that he's been sending these pictures. (gasps) And this... uh, got him oh, so fired they, from his job hold on so they actually his colleagues actually think it's him that sent it well well they've reported it to like the ceo yeah and he got fired but yeah and it's still him in in the picture this is what i don't get because well I, like i said i think things have changed now but if someone wanted to send a picture of like a naked picture of me to my employer that's not my fault. But what if it was from his email address? Yeah, well, yeah. But all you need to do is say, look, I didn't send it. Why would you send it and then deny it? That's weird. That's You'd send yeah. it and be like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> my ex is a crazy, crazy bitch. Mm. He's a bless him. You can't, you can't undo that. Your colleagues have seen you naked now as well. I mean, to be fair, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to keep working there. Yeah. 24 years he'd been working there. That is sad. It's an, an insurance company where he worked. What a bitch. Yeah, what a, a bitch. bitch. Yeah. But she didn't stop there. On the night of the 19th of October, 2012. So this is 2012 then, sorry, not 13. Tawny ran to her local sheriff's office crying with a bloody face. And she accused Joe of domestic violence. <gasps> Obviously, the police think, well, as they should do, they believed Tawny. As she come in with a bloody face, they should at least look into it. And they um, went to Joe's house at 2am and arrested him, saying that he was being charged with um, yeah, domestic violence. He spent the night in jail, but was released the next day. Despite having an alibi, his children that were at home with him, the judge slaps Joe with a protection order. So he's not allowed to have any contact with Tawny. It's like a restraining order, I think. Well, good for him, really. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't want any bloody contact with her. Yeah. Do they only go one way? Are they neither of them allowed to speak to each other? I don't know. I assume it's just no contact. So I think think a restraining order is, if I take a restraining order out on you, Becky, you're not allowed to come near me. But then if I go near you, I think it's then void. Yeah. Because what are you meant to do? Like, run away? Like... Yeah. No! No, I'm yeah. not even 100 feet. Yeah. That's my understanding. Yeah. So I think it's that thing of, I can't then go and complain and say, you come, you came near me when actually it was me that came near you. Yeah. Do you know, I've got a very similar story. Do you want to hear it? Please, yeah, go on. Please tell. So I had a stalker at one point 
so basically I slept with this guy stupidly and then didn't want anything to do with him because he was a psychopath really and he stalked me really and it was terrifying because I mean stalking literally like outside my house at two o'clock in the morning knocking on the windows I was absolutely petrified it wasn't a normal reaction and I hadn't been horrible to this guy or anything it was just a you know a normal one night stand yeah. Well, it was no. It's probably like a two, three, four, maybe five night stand. But it, it you You're know, like hooked it, up casual. a bit, whatever. Nothing yeah. more happened. Yeah, exactly. It was like right. I've had enough now, kind of thing. I wasn't mean or horrible, but it. I, I just had enough. It and was what to, it was. Like you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to break up with people, but this guy wasn't having any of it. Yeah. So he stalked me for a, I don't know, three, four weeks. I don't know. It was really scary. Mm. and I'd started seeing some other guy and he knew about this so again you know I'm completely single I'm not doing anything wrong I've just started seeing someone else and anyway this stalker psycho turns up at my door and I've had it with him at this point I'm like what the fuck do you want and he's turned up with a bloody face like a nosebleed and you know all bashed up and he says oh your new fella's just beating the crap out of me there's no possible way that that could have happened because I was literally with the new fella in my house when I opened the door. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> That's mad. What? He had literally beaten himself up and then tried Who to blame. Who is that unhinged? He is. He, I mean, yeah, screw loose. Him and Tawny should totally get together. Yeah, they'd make a good couple. But mm. I just thought it was hilarious because I was like, I let him finish his story. I was like, no. And then what did he do? You know, knowing it was complete bollocks. And I waited till he'd finished this massive sob story. And then I was like, yeah, he's here with me. So I know that's all bollocks. Now, fuck off. Seriously, though, how many how many people have had stalkers? It's such an awful thing. You've had one as well, haven't you, Bex? Yeah, I had a... A work, yeah. a work colleague or something. A really weird... No, yeah. was that not it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I had a... Um... A work colleague, a guy that was double my age, but he was a serial stalker though because the girl that worked there before me, he actually he stalked her for years, oh. and he he actually went to her wedding and cried at the back of the church. <gasps> what uninvited? Uninvited, and oh was crying at the back. Of, he just sort of like mooched in and started crying at the back of the church. What like That's people horrendous. could hear him crying? Yeah, people, a lot of people from work were there, so they knew who he was. And he was like, head in his hand, like, <laughs> could have been me. That's so terrible. Yeah. So when I started working there, I'd already had my eldest child, you know, and was happily with uh, Tristan, her dad. But it just didn't, I don't know, I, don't, I can't remember how it started. All it was, you know, when you're just polite to people. Yeah. Say bonjour and, it, and all that. Yeah. And they take it for flirtiness, don't they? You're just being fucking yeah. polite. And then what he did was a complete. I think it's what a lot of stalkers do, and a lot of well, a lot of this type of people do. Is my uh, my mum was really poorly at the time, and then when she when she died, we did a. Um, do you remember that walk that we did? We did like a charity walk yeah. for her. And um, oh so my he... god, I remember this all happening. Do you remember he was wearing? Yes. You know them, them. You know when you cut jeans and make them into shorts. Yes. 
He was wearing that. Oh, yeah. I hate that. But he was so invested in everything, wasn't he? He was so weird. Yeah. And, uh, well, he came to that just so that it get himself close to me on the weekends. And he kind of preyed on the fact that I was devastated from losing my mum. Yeah. To get close to a 23-year-old girl when he was 30, when he was 43. Yuck. And um, I know who, oh my God, the other day I was watching, have you seen Toy Story 2? Yeah. Yes. And he's he's like an, you know, like a middle-aged, balding man with glasses. And I was watching it with my youngest. I was like, why am I getting panicky? Why do I feel all hot and like itchy and... You know when you get like panic attacks and you feel them coming along and I was like, why am I feeling like this? And then I looked at the guy and I was like, oh my God, because he looks like my stalker. And he looks, he kind of looks just like him. Yeah. And anyway, um, he just tried to get closer and closer and then it got to the point where it was my birthday and he bought me a hundred euro gift voucher for a perfume shop and these huge thing of flowers. He was like, oh, my feelings are getting so big I was like well I was like I am in a relationship with a little girl with and I have a daughter already I said just leave you know I was being I was I was um not as assertive as I would be now yeah and you know and I'm still not one for confrontation I don't like it at all but I did um I said all I've been doing is just being polite as polite as I am to all my other colleagues and you're taking it the wrong way um I was like I'm not I'm not gonna leave my um my fiance for you nothing's gonna happen and um and I get I said it's not an appropriate gift to give to a colleague you don't buy things like that that's the sort of thing that my husband should be buy- you know my fiance should be buying for me not you oh it was just um oh there was loads of things that I can't think of all the things oh he was so weird wasn't he it was just the general vibes were very, very strange. He found my address because he was like the maintenance guy at work. So he had access to the office where all of our documents are. So he knew where I lived. He followed me home twice. Oh, so no. I actually um, managed to, I, I didn't go home straight away. One time I just went into the nearest town, I drove around and went back. And then another time I turned off a couple of turnings before my house. So that you think it was there. Yeah, it was just... Uh... Did you um? Did you go to the police about him? Yeah, I did. There was one... Yeah, I did at one point. So it was just all these little things that were adding up and... But the company you worked for, wasn't the old... Wasn't the owner a bit pervy as well? Yeah. But like just an old man pervy. Yeah. <laughs> the other of the company where I was working, I went to the police and he said, can you not speak to your employer about it? And I said who my employer was and the police went, ah, right. Yeah. Okay. And they understood. And did you know that um, that employer went to prison in the end? For, <gasps> no. For sexual harassment, moral harassment. Yeah. And then also putting pork in things that you shouldn't be putting <gasps> pork in. Like duck pate that we went and sold to the Emirates, you know. So it wasn't very good. So did that company has that company like broken down then? Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, he's died. He died now. He's oh. dead now. But um, yeah, it yeah, it wasn't a very nice company to work for. But yeah, eventually it did stop because um, I said you know I've been to see the police. I blocked him on everything. I said just don't speak to me anymore. And uh, he kept trying. And then he just eventually stopped. 
And then I got pregnant and was signed off work really early, so I didn't see him for ages. Yeah. For years. And then when I went back to work, he, uh, I was with my husband. When I went back to work, so it was quite a few years afterwards. I think everyone was, everyone was two. And uh, that he saw, he started going, he started stalking Noel a little bit. He went to where my current husband was working. And was really? like looking at him from afar. Yeah, yeah he, he was he like... Was a, he was a head case, wasn't he, that man? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then uh, he... I came to work and Noel came and met me at work and he brought my little boy with him and he like death stared him from yeah. afar. Oh. And, and my husband's quite tall and that and I think he just... He'd stopped after that. He like mumbled something at him and stared at him. And then he just left me alone. And then he went on to someone else. He went on to this uh, other young girl who was a couple of years younger than me. So he's just got repeat, repetitive behaviour. Mm. I tell you, he's got people in his basement. Sicko. No yeah. means no, okay? Yeah. We can say it nicely, but it still means no. Yeah. Yeah. And also hey. people saying hi and being polite conversation doesn't mean I'm going to leave my fiancé for you. And Yeah, me being nice to you doesn't mean I want to have sex with you. Like, yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Anyway. Anyway. Do you have a stalker, Tash, that you'd like to share with? No, or should we do I've that another time? No, I've stalker. <laughs> not that I know of. Um... Maybe they're really good and you don't know yet. Well, believe me, Maybe. Tash, you don't want one because no. it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I'm, I can't say I'm jealous. Like, and especially like, I know obviously, Emma, you were obviously single and and like your situation as well is horrible, Becky. But I do like, like I, I work in a pub. So there are like men that are a bit leery sometimes. But like, I think I'd be terrified because like, I live completely on my own, like... Well, I was completely on my own. I didn't live... Yeah, li- oh, you were, you I were, lived completely on my own. I had all my shutters shut all day, every day. I lived in a box. Yeah. I had people ringing me saying, oh, I've just driven past your house and your stalker's on his way to your house. And this is at, like, midnight. Yeah. And he'd just sit outside my house and bang on the window. Oh, it was horrible. It's so fucking weird, isn't it? I can't... No, it's really horrible. And I went to the police, and do you know what they did? Fuck all. Yeah. Because they said, oh, well, you know, if you've let him in once and, you know, you've had a relationship with him, which we, it wasn't a relationship. Let's just get that sorted. It was shagging. Yeah. But, yeah. But regardless of whether you'd had a relationship with him or not... When it was over, No, no. Yeah. Right. So back to the story. Yeah, so Joe, the judge hit Joe with a protection order, so he's not allowed to contact Tony at all. Poor Joe. And she uses this to get him arrested for a second time, saying that Joe had been making threatening phone calls to her. She did a thing called spoofing, which apparently does it in a way that it looks like on her, fo- on her phone records that Joe has been calling her, but he hasn't. She's oh, right. that's what it said on one of these things. Intensely insane, isn't she? Yeah. And also, that's a lot like, she must learn quick unless she knew how to do this all first, I'd be lost. I wouldn't even know how to stalk. I'd stalk a little bit on Facebook and then decide that it's too much work. Oh, don't get me wrong, I love a Facebook. Yeah, but there's stalk. a big difference between doing that and actually terrifying somebody and making their lives living. And getting hell. people arrested. Yeah, there's limits, isn't there? Yeah. And then poor Joe as well, because he's gone from, like, 
an insurance guy with an also, with a good job and no block, you know, no black marks on his records, to, to now being arrested two times for domestic abuse and then stalking his ex. Yeah, I know it's horrible. Yeah, she even managed to get him arrested a third time, saying that he had been contacting her again, and but this time she had proof that she had a voice recording. And what she'd done is she had digitally manipulated her voice to make it sound a little bit like Joe's. What the fuck is her problem, man? I know, I know. It it sounds like a, a man with the same type of accent, but to me it didn't really sound like Joe's voice. But apparently this is another thing that you can do. And also, she's got four kids. Who the fuck has the time with four kids to be doing this? Exactly. <laughs> this one, I literally was just thinking this. What? Like, go clean your house, Tawny. Yeah. Do some laundry. Feed the kids. Yeah. But she didn't stop there. It, it feels like the, you know, the very hungry caterpillar. And he was yeah. still hungry. <laughs> it's reminded me very much of the um, the other stalker, crazy stalky story you did. I can't remember what her name was, you know. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, what, that was using all the fake emails and fake phones and yeah. everything. yeah. I mean, stalkers terrify me, but they do make a good story. They are um, a good one I think to it's tell. sometimes... I mean, it's never... There's not a worse case, but it's there, It's almost more unhinged when it's a woman, isn't it? I don't know. Women are pretty crazy, man. And manipulative. No, but that's what I mean. Like, Yeah, this particular type of crazy is pretty terrifying. Like, that's terrifying because women are crazy anyway, aren't they? Like... Yeah. We all I mean, love nastily. We all have a little bit of crazy in us. Not nastily. That's what I mean. Like we're all like. I feel like we're one crazy thing away from being this woman at any time. Uh, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think so. I'm. I'm quite a few steps away from this. <laughs> I'd like, to and think I think so I'm quite too. proud to say. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe edit that out. Maybe, <laughs> but staying in. I just think. It's just weird when it's like this intense, isn't it? Yeah. She. The thing is, with when uh, with a woman, you've got the like innocence card that they can play. You know, like I hate it when women do this. They lie about something, and then the man kind of feels that he's got to protect her because this horrible things happened. And this is blatantly what she's doing with the cops, right? She's playing mm. the innocence card. Oh. You know, I'm just a poor, fragile woman. Protect me. When actually she's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. It's actually part of what I've put down is she was exploiting the systems that are put in place to protect women and children, especially. She's just... I mean, to be honest, you hear about all these stories where women are being abused by their partner and they're trying to get them, the police to do things and they're not doing anything. Whereas they seem to actually be helping here and they're getting it wrong. So They're getting it wrong. Yeah, can't win. I mean, I'm glad that the police look into this, and I'm glad, yeah, that the judge put this order on. But it should have stopped there. I don't know. But then again, I suppose I see in the evidence that he has been apparently what they can see is they have been contacting her. So she didn't stop there, did Tawny? She then called the Florida Abuse Hotline, accusing Joe and his teenage son of operating a child pornography ring. Oh, Tawny, no. Yes. <sighs> that is low. Yeah, that's not okay, Tawny. No, it's not. That's really bad. Yeah. I mean, none of it was okay, but this is really not okay. Yeah. She um said that 
he was pressuring her to take her kids into it and everything. Oh my God. Obviously, Joe said it wasn't true. But with his previous arrest for domestic abuse and things kind of building against him, investigators didn't believe him initially and they investigated him, making sure that that isn't the case. Yeah. Joe would say it was total harassment. I did everything I could to stay away from her, but she was one step ahead of me the whole time. Which is what she said. She said she was ready. Yeah. Break up with me. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. If Tony's actions sound a little crazy already. A little? Yeah. She was now no longer satisfied with ruining Joe's life and started attacking people she didn't even know. What the fuck? Yeah. She called Crime Stoppers and gave an anonymous tip that Jenny Rober, who was one of Joe's former colleagues, Tony accused her of abusing her kids, saying that Jenny would take her children to Joe's child pornography sex ring and uh, many more things. And Jenny would later say in a 2020 interview that the things that she said that she was doing, that she couldn't even repeat because they were just so awful. You know, things that she, Tawny accused of her doing to her kids and making pornography with her kids and everything. You know, it's really dark, awful stuff and completely untrue. Do we think Tawny at some point when she was going out with Joe saw this woman that worked with Joe and got completely jealous over her and that's I why she's so. taking her down? Exactly. I don't think any women around Joe is go- is going to get got by this time. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah. And this is going on for months and years. It's not just a couple of weeks. This is months now. And is, is it no point someone thinking this is a bit much? Not yet. And not for a while. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. As time went on, Joe eventually started seeing someone else. She's in trouble. She is in trouble. She was a woman called Mariella Murphy. And they go on vacation together, and then when when they fly back home to Florida, when they get off the plane, airport security is standing there waiting for Joe. Oh, oh my God. God. They'd got a tip saying that he was trying to sh- smuggle drugs back into Florida. So the, he got searched and that, but they didn't find anything. But still, imagine you come back from a nice vacation, and then... You have to spend hours with the police getting interviewed and and your case getting searched. Oh, and did they do like a full cavity search and stuff? I don't like think so. Old, <laughs> didn't, well, they didn't say that. Glove. I suppose they got dogs to sniff all of his stuff and that, and they probably didn't smell anything. Sniff Nothing was bump. being smuggled. Yeah. Tony even threatened Doug Duggan, which is an awesome name. <laughs> Doug Duggan. Somebody called their yeah. child Doug Duggan. They did. Well, DD for short. <laughs> Double D. Double D. Doug Doug. So Doug Duggan was the landlord to Joe's new girlfriend. So Mariella. Okay. It's her landlord. He received anonymous letters through the US Postal Service. It was a big block letter and it said, If your tenant, Mariella Murphy, is not out of your house within 30 days, I'll burn that house and your house to the ground. And she gave the addresses of both of them. Oh, oh Jesus. God. Yeah. Doug told 2020 that the houses were like the only thing that that was his entire net worth. Those two houses, yeah. he was going to retire on that. Again, Joe, but I don't really get that. That he received that. And obviously that wasn't signed from Joe. 
and Joe would have no use to threaten in his own girlfriend's landlord for no reason. Is Joe getting the blame for this? I don't think he gets the blame for this, but that's something different. So they must, you know, anyway, Joe was struggling to find, to get investigators to and lawyers to believe him. Like, no lawyers would take his case because I just didn't believe him. Oh, really? Did she get chucked out? No. Mary, no. Mariella? Not, I don't think so. He didn't say. But um, still, it was it was taken seriously because... Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I don't think she was kicked out. Oh, well, that's something. Joe eventually turned to a lawyer called Brian Shawstein for help. Okay. Obviously, Brian... Mr. Shawstein needed a bit of convincing as well. But once he was certain that Joe was innocent, he went to the sheriff's office to convince detectives that Joe was not the bad guy, but he was actually the victim. After seven months, St. John's County Sheriff's Office, detectives George Harrigan and Shannon Andrews began to finally cut away at Tony's complicated web of deceit. It was hard to keep up with, they said. She was stalking faster than we could investigate. Jesus Christ. Oh, she's fucking mental, nuts, isn't mate, she? Isn't she? Thing is, though, that she, like you said, she must just be doing this. Either that or she is not sleeping. Because this takes time. Then it's when Joe's new girlfriend, Mariella, reported an anonymous letter threatening her 17 year old daughter that Tony had finally taken it one step too far. What the letter said is, this is what Erin would look like the next time if she sees or talks to Joe one more time. And attached with a, was a picture of a girl's mutilated body. Oh my God! Yeah. So, it's taking a darker turn again. Yeah. For sake, she's terrifying. Yeah. I'm getting the sweats, man. She's making me yeah, anxious. It's making me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And this is in when the 2020 interview, when the detective was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah. Um, she was the stalker at one point. But then when this happened, she became the stalk. And then it was like, da-da. <laughs> Detectives made a breakthrough, finally. When they found out the anonymous report sent to the National Centre of for Missing and Exploited Children and Crime Stoppers originated from Tawny's computer. So they found the link that it was Tawny's computer that's sending those tip-offs to those centres. Right. So with this, they managed to get a search warrant and they searched Tawny's home. They discovered more than seven full notebooks containing explicit details of her acts, all of the stalking that she'd been doing, hundreds of pages, like, showing her web of lies and how she's stalking them and things that she'd been doing. So a lot of evidence pointing the finger right to her. I mean, that's yeah. that's a new mistake. Don't keep a journal of your stuff, man. Yeah. Like, all the things that she'd been doing to stalk, dates, times, places people, locations. She took notes of this and typed them, put them all in these notebooks. Yeah, she's And then she out. kept the notes. I think it's because of all the lies that she was telling, she needed to kind of te- keep track of them. Yeah. Yeah, so Tony was, arrest- was arrested that night, charged with making threats to maim and murder in the end. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she pleaded no contest to the eight felony counts against her. What does that mean? Does that mean, like, she accepts it? Yeah. Yeah, because of the last letter that she sent was basically threatening the daughter's life. It is, like, a real serious threat. Um, So, yeah, she pleaded no contest to it. So she was like, no, I'm sorry. And then this is what she said. Not only did I hurt my own children, I hurt other children. And I'm pleading with you, Your Honour, to please grant me forgiveness. I ask my victims for forgiveness and for mercy. How about no fuck off? Yeah. Yeah. And for you to please not take away my children who take me away from my children who need me, which is also fucking manipulation. She wasn't thinking of her kids when she was doing all this shite. Yeah, I, I am for not taking people's kids away when possible, but this mental person is not going to be any good for her kids. She needs no, hundred percent. She's mental, mental, mental. Like evil, yeah. twisted, nasty lady. Yeah, and like child porn, meh, all that. You know, it's all real dark things. You'd have to have a dark mind to think these things. Yeah, up. it's like really dirty stuff. Yeah, you know, just ugh, horrible. He's gonna have you know trouble to get out of. You know. Yeah. What a fucker. Yeah. Tawny's lawyers argued that she had OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and that she was bipolar, and that the disorders contributed to her crimes. There's loads of people with OCD and bipolar that do not ruin other people's lives. Exactly. You can't just blame... Yeah. Anyway. It's one of those stupid offences. The judge acknowledged her disordered, but he said she had clearly thought out the acts that she'd been doing, and that could not be ignored. In addition to nine years in prison, the judge also sentenced her to two years of house arrest and 19 years probation. So she's got to behave herself. Yes. So... So she got a pretty heavy sentence. She got a pretty, which is I think good. that was a pretty good sentence. Years probation, that's mad, massive. Yeah, exactly. So even if she gets out after nine years, that's still the. Well, I don't know when the probation would start. Would it start then? Yeah. Well, I yeah. assume it starts when you leave yeah. prison. So that's like basically, yeah, a very long time. Joe still has the three arrests on his records, thanks to Tony. So he's trying to get his clean record back yeah yeah so hopefully by now he's finally got his clean record back because in the meantime he was um just working landscaping jobs because if you're in insurance it's a bit like banking your your record has to be squeaky clean because you're in a position of like of trust and it's all um finances and stuff he just said this is um joe's quote i just put one foot in front of the other and keep moving and it's all that I can do and when they asked him if he could send Tawny a message or if he could tell her anything he said you know why couldn't you just let it go why do this yeah it's weird isn't it well it was a lot politer than what I would have said to her yeah and then obviously it's not really going to be sent to her because they're not going to speak to each other and then the bitch doesn't actually fucking stop there. In t- in 2018, she was charged with pre- breaking a no-contact order for stalking Joe again, as well as two oh other God. people. What? She isn't going to stop. 
She's, no. She sounds like that guy you used to work with. Yeah. Well, well, she's a million times worse. He never did anything like this. Yes, but he's a serial stalker. Yeah. But that's it. And uh, that's where it ends at the minute. Yeah, in 2018. So that recent, she was... Uh, I think she had more years added on. She she was... I didn't find a lot of info on that. And a lot of the sites were blocked for Europe. It was, I think, you could only log go in on some of the sites if you're in America. So did oh, she really? go back to prison? I think she then, was or... still in prison because she was sentenced in 2014. So she was stalking from prison? She must have been... Yeah, she was sending letters. To the other two people that she was stalking, she sent letters. And I don't know how she managed to contact Joe, but they do have access to computers in prison sometimes. Ugh. Yeah, and she's still going at it. Yeah, but surely everything's... Don't they, like, read all the letters and open, like... Surely it's, like, fil- a filter system, isn't it? I'm not sure... I know that when you res- the receive posts, if it's like a murder, one for murder, they can read it if they think that they're like conspiring to murder more of. I've just evident. assumed everyone's letters were read. I'm not sure. I don't know how it works. No, nor do I. But yeah, yeah. That's uh, so. I'm pretty scared for Joe because I don't think she's gonna stop. So I really hope we don't talk about him no, again on she's this. She's not, is she? Uh, yeah, I hope that we don't have oh, to talk Joe. about him again on this. Or his poor kids. You know, I mean, that's I do feel sorry for her kids. That's four kids that haven't got a mum for the for a quite a long time now, because of her own mental things that she'd Obsession. been doing. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, obsession. that's madness. I mean, I've been not obsessed, but you know, I've been like a little bit too into someone, and you think, oh, I love it so much. But I've never been to the past past the whole maybe look look a little bit too far into the photos on Facebook, you know. <laughs> Getting going back yeah. a few years, making sure you don't accidentally press like. Yeah. I just don't, well, I don't understand why people go there and then think, this is okay, I'm going to keep doing this. Because they're absolutely bonkers, that's why. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's my story. It wasn't a murder, but it was still good. <laughs> yeah, oh. thanks, Becky. Oh, I feel dead stressed now. Yeah, look yeah, over your shoulders, yeah. shoulders, everyone. Yeah. Bitches be crazy, man. Bitches be crazy. <laughs> Apart from us, we're fine. We're good crazy. I mean, <laughs> I literally got so angry the other day at work about ketchup. <laughs> did I tell you about this? No. What did ketchup do to you? So I work in a pub, so I was serving some of their meal and there was two people and they asked for some ketchup. So obviously I went and got them. I went and got them one pot of ketchup, right? I don't feel like that's unreasonable because how much ketchup are you really eating? So I took the ketchup to the table and the lady went, oh, can we have two pots? But you haven't even started eating your food. Like how much ketchup are you actually going to eat? Yeah. So, and not only that, I was on my own. So I didn't have any other members of staff working with me. I had quite a lot of people to serve. Like, I was quite busy. So I had to go back, get more ketchup, whatever. And, but I just knew, like, when you've worked in the service industry as long as I have, the amount of waste on sources is is ridiculous. And I know it isn't the end of the world. I'm not paying for the ketchup, but it is shocking how much ketchup, mayonnaise, and other sources I throw away each shift. So 
I'm trying to save the world one pot of ketchup at a time, right? Yeah. So take this ketchup back. I'm raging about it. I have a little moan in the kitchen. Anyway, they have their meal. I clear their plates. Sure enough, one and a half pots of ketchup is left. Hadn't even touched the second pot of ketchup I took to them. See, it's just greed because I've always been brought up as... If you want more, you can always have more, but you can't take absolutely you can't take it off your plate once it's on your plate. Yeah, exactly. Why can't you share a pot of ketchup? You're coming to eat a meal with your friend. Yeah, you obviously like them enough to share a table and share time and eat with them. Can you not just take a little bit of ketchup out the pot and put it on your plate and eat it from your plate? Why do you need your own individual pots of ketchup? Spoil. Oh, Tash, spoil. Do you know, like, I know it's ridiculous to get cross about it, but I really did. And that day, I was crazy. (laughs) But did you get them arrested? Yeah. Did you ruin their lives? Are they currently in prison for... I potentially wasn't as accommodating as I'd normally be, to be honest. I was very hostile towards them. You didn't say bye then. You said goodbye when they left. They got the bare minimum service for me. I served them and everything. They didn't get the Tasha Charm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, well, they missed out because yeah. the Tasha Charm is well, they something did. else. Well, I'd like to think so too. Damn ketchup whores. Yep. <laughs> anyway, who wants a spooky story? <laughs> I do. I want a spooky story as long as it doesn't involve ketchup. There is no and... ketchup. Any food waste? And stalking? Uh, No stalking. Okay, cool. Let's go. So we're all good. In fact, you know, mine's probably the happiest story this week. (laughs) Nice. I know. So I'm going to talk about the Monte Cristo homestead in New South Wales, Australia. And it's it's odd, actually, because we have listeners in Australia who are from New South Wales. So (laughs) I'm not forgetting Australian Tom. Absolutely. Tom will know exactly where we are. (laughs) Thomas, who is absolutely not Australian by the way. He still is, though. For the, for the wedding, I'm going to write a card to Australian Tom and, and Meg. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, anyway, the listeners that are in New South Wales, Australia, if you have been to the Monte Cristo homestead or have heard about it or what, whatever, I want to know. So, can you please just get in touch with us and tell us? Because yeah. this place sounds amazing. Especially if you have any pictures of you there. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how big New South Wales, Australia is. It's probably absolutely humongous because Australia is well, huge. Australia is pretty isn't big, it? isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. so, anyway, my sources for this week, because I got lots of information from lots of different places, so I'm just going to give... Uh, ketchup, mayonnaise, <laughs> mustard... And I wouldn't dare. Sauce. I wouldn't dare, Tash. <laughs> you told me there were no sauces. <laughs> <laughs> now, I literally got my information for this story all over the interweb, so I'm just going to give credit when it's due. So I got it from sciencefocus.com, Wikipedia, propj.com.au, YouTube, aboutregional.com.au, au.lifestyle.yahoo.com and writingwerewolf.wordpress.com. There we go. au.thelifestyle. A. Wink, wink. A. Wink, wink, wink. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) Stop winking. It's horrible. I like it. Keep doing it. Nobody (laughs) likes a winker. Oh. (laughs) What? 
Don't you like being winked at? No. No, it always makes me feel it always makes me feel awkward. What whether it's a, a consensual wink or not. <laughs> I don't oh, mind a cheeky little wink. Cheeky little wink, cheeky little high five, little high five whilst giving a cheeky little wink. <laughs> to be honest, though, Tash, hey, you winked at me before, and you have a very sexy wink. I wouldn't mind. Oh, you I do have a sexy wink. Yeah. yeah, I have to open my mouth and really overdo it to wink properly. I remember having many conversations about winking with you <laughs> when we were younger. It's because I'm so jealous <laughs> of how sexy you wink. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm really good at winking. <laughs> So, Tash is a good winker. She is. Tash is a good winker. If you'd like a video of me winking, do let us know and I can <laughs> post that to our Instagram. <laughs> and you mean your OnlyFans? Along with all the high fives. <laughs> I don't have an OnlyFans. I'm not committed enough to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Too time consuming. Right, shall I yeah. get on with this? Yes. Please do. So, the Victorian mansion was built by a wealthy landowner called Christopher William Crawley in 1876. So he was. Wonder if he could wink. I bet he could actually. He was quite a naughty boy. <laughs> oi oi, Crawley. So he was. <laughs> he was the founder of the town Judy and lived in the mansion with his family and numerous servants. The family hosted multiple balls and occupied themselves with playing tennis and golf on the grounds. Ooh. It's all very fancy. Very, very fancy. Sounds lovely. That's the life I should be yeah. leading. I'm not going to I get lie. sad sometimes that I'm not a millionaire. Yeah, yeah me too. Same. Every single time I go to work. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody orders some more fucking ketchup. Yeah. yeah, I'm like... I literally said to somebody the other day at work on a bank... It was bank holiday Friday... And I was, they were like, you're right, Tash. I was like, I'm honestly not. I'm 31 and I'm serving you lot. I should be being served. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, are you all right? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, shall I continue? Yeah, please do. Just an insight into my sad, sad life. <laughs> oh, but you've got, you've got a super podcast that people love. So it's not yeah. that bad. And also I'm really good at winking. So actually maybe I've got it all. Yeah. See, when I wink, I just look special. So it's two great yeah. things to put on a CV there. Good at winking and has podcast. <laughs> so they were considered upstanding citizens unless you lived with them. Because when you lived with them, like worked for them, then yeah. they were cruel and strict well, yeah. and horrible. Mm. Especially Mrs. Crawley. See? Fucking another, bitch. Another, another woman. Another psycho. So William Crawley died in his home, age 69, and he died from a boil that he'd got on his neck. I hate that word, oh, boil. But he Ugh. died age 69, though, so oi oi. <laughs> <laughs> so he died age 69 from a boil oi, oi. that got infected. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Boils are disgusting. <laughs> He got a boil on his neck and it got infected from being rubbed by his really high starch collar. You know, like posh people oh, would have yeah. worn. So it rubbed against this boil. It got infected. So that actually led to a blood infection that gave him heart failure. So that's how he died. Oh, so, so sepsis, basically, yeah. yeah? Yeah, I imagine so. Um, it said that after his... Sad for him. Well, yeah, that's a kind of sucky way to go. But also sucky. not that nice of a guy, so... Deserved. It's probably his his, well, his servants st- extra starch in his 
collar to make him die. Ah, uh, maybe. Starch him to death. Starch him to death. It is said that after his death, his wife, Elizabeth Crawley, she, I think she left her home twice uh, for the rest of her life. She, like, turned her attic into a kind of chapel and just kind of absorbed herself in the Bible and uh, just became a complete recluse, really. She died of heart failure at the age of 92. But she died of heart failure because her appendix ruptured. Oh, dear. At 92? At 92. What year was this? Like, when's the story set? Well, they... Built the house in 1876. God. So, okay, so like... 92 years from then, we're in the early 1900s, yeah? Yeah. Don't ask me to do math, man. No, I mean, no, that me was a pretty it's good fine. age. I'll take that. 92. It's good for now. Yeah. I mean, it's bloody good, even now. But like... she didn't go out for like... Yeah, what, see, so... Years. Staying inside. She was had the church now, which is basically Netflix. So... That's really good way to be. So I'm gonna live until I'm a hundred. Yep. Did you just compare the church to Netflix? I did. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> I'm not religious, so my church is Netflix. Oh no, me neither. And just hopefully our listeners aren't either. No, well, I didn't mean to. I know that I'm not comparing the Bible to. She was. She was. No, because I'm going to have a lot of angry Christians call me. I don't mean mean it in that way. I mean it in the most respectful way to Christianity. Yeah. But I'm not religious. Yeah. Phew. Probably, probably, (laughs) yeah. Phew, you dug yourself out of that one. (laughs) You got out of that one, Bexis. You put down your pitchforks. Pitchforks down, everyone. (laughs) I could see a glow in the distance of pitchforks and... (laughs) (laughs) That mob, that mob. Way yeah, to your that mob from the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Hang her. <No>. Sorry. <laughs> but during their time at the homestead, there were multiple tragic events that could explain why it's now considered one of Australia's most haunted buildings. Oh, I was expecting a little dun dun dun. I, I did say it in my head. In my head, I was like, na na na. <laughs> Should have just said it. <laughs> That was what not was that? that was not the twilight zone. So the Morris family who worked there at the stables, they had a son called Led Morris, who was a stable boy. And one morning he didn't feel very well and he said he was too sick to go to work and he went back to bed. And he actually slept in the stables and he had basically a straw mattress. Oh. Now the stable boss, whatever you'd call the guy who was in charge of the stable didn't believe him so as a harsh punishment he went into the stable and set his bed on fire because it was a straw mattress and i mean that seems a bit risky to, to be doing in a stable yeah, I wouldn't yeah. that set everything else on fire well i don't know that part but i do know that poor little led morris burnt to death in his sleep oh my god what a, what a heavy sleeper I think you die from the smoke, smoke inhalation before it, yeah. you die from the fire. So yeah, poor little Led Morris, he's he's died, well, burnt to death. Yeah, your in his bed sleep. is on fire. I mean, not the tune to the song, but yeah. good <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't go with the whole thing. I half-assed it. Your bed is on fire. Oh no, it's not the same song. I think I was Becky's going. going with yeah, your sex, sex is on, on fire. fire. Kings of oh. Whoa, 
your bed, your bed is, on is on fire. Oh no, beautiful. No, no. <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're doing that more and more. We have a sing song every episode. Oh, I sing all the time, so enjoy that. Okay, back to the ghost story. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, no worries. People love it, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean. So there was also a maid who jumped from the balcony. This is really creepy. She jumped from the balcony, falling to uh, the front steps of the house and died. Oh. And she was pregnant. Oh. And who, oh, no. And who do you think she was pregnant by? Mr. Crawley. Mr. Crawley. See? Yeah. Not a nice guy. Dog. There's a, even a theory that he himself, or possibly a jealous Mrs. Crawley, might have pushed her to avoid the scandal. I think that that's the one that I believe, Mrs. Crawley. Pushing yeah, people. maybe. The creepy thing is... So obviously she's died on the steps and there's a lot of blood on the front steps up to the house, yeah. So the servants have used bleach to clean the steps. Loads of bleach to get rid of the blood stain. To this day, when you go up those front steps, you can see a white patch on the steps where the bleach was used to clean up the blood. Oh, really? Yeah. So didn't Mm. like that very much. No. Another maid gave birth at the house. Now, guess who was the father to her baby? Mr. Crawley is a massive slag. Indeed. Yeah. So she gave birth to a baby boy called Harold, who, yeah, was apparently William Crawley's as well. She sadly died soon after giving birth. And Harold, as he grew up, developed a mental illness after a carriage accident. So he's obviously had this accident, banged his head and gone a bit nuts. A bit of brain damage. Yeah. No one was able to contain his violent behaviour. So they chained him to the back wall of the caretaker's cottage for more than 30 years. Oh, my God. Bloody hell. So his hair had just turned to dreadlocks and he would howl like an animal. Well, it wouldn't, it'd just make him a million times worse. Well, 100%. I think even a sane, a completely sane, quote, normal, known, you know, person, if you chain them up for 30 years, you do go mental. Your brain goes mush. Yeah. Poor Harold. Yeah. Harold did not have it easy. Mm-hmm. So the kids of the town thought there was an, like a monster at the house because they can obviously hear howling oh, and stuff. So they'd come and try and sneak a peek at the monster that lived on top of the hill because this this mansion is on top of the hill. They always are. Why? Yeah. Well, this this is literally Mount Christ, isn't it? Monte Cristo homestead. Yeah. Um, so... so. So the kids would like go up and try and sneak a peek of this monster, but Harold would just growl and hiss at them. And these horrible sounds can still be heard to this day at night time. Harold was eventually found and sent to an institution, but he died just a few years later. Oh, bless him. Yeah, people can still hear him on the property and they recognise that it's him by the sounds of the chains dragging. Oh, my heart. That's so sad, isn't yeah. it? it? What a ho- horrendous life for him. Yeah. And the place where he was chained, still today, you can see the wear in the stone where it's been worn away by the chains that held him there all day long and night long. 
So you can still see that on the wall. That's awful. This next fact, I had a multitude of options of what the actual story was. So, gone with one, and it might be something else, but the Crawley's youngest daughter called Magdalena, Mm. or Ethel, depending on where you get your info. So, it's either their youngest daughter called Magdalena, or their granddaughter called Ethel. Either way, she's a part of the Crawley family. Yeah, right. She died after falling down the stairs at 18 months old. Oh, a little love. I know. And there was some doubt as at the time as whether the nanny could have possibly possibly like dropped her on purpose because uh. remember this staff is treated like shit. So yeah. you know, if she'd had enough that day, a quick push but the, the nanny claimed that she was actually pushed to drop the child like by unseen hands, like a ghost. Oh. Yeah. So the Crawley family remained at the house until 1948, which uh, from 1948, they, it was under the watchful eye of a caretaker called Jack Simpson. Hmm. So 1948, no Crawleys live there, but there's this guy called Jack Simpson who's there on the property just to make sure, you know, everything's okay. So he gets shot dead on the property in 1961 by a boy from the, the, the town, apparently inspired by the film Psycho that he'd watched three times before committing the murder. Oh. Yeah, he, like so random. And before the boy left, he carved into one of the shed doors, die Jack, ha ha. And it can still be seen clearly today. Bloody hell. Die Jack, ha ha. Yeah. The house, over the years, the house became very damaged from squatters and vandals. All the windows and doors had been, you know, they'd all had their glass smashed in. The floorboards have been ripped up to use as firewood. Some of the walls have crumbled. It's in a real poor condition. Yeah. Until 1963, when Reginald and Olive Ryan bought it and began restoring it. So it was Reginald's dream to own this property, as he became convinced that he'd dreamt about it as a child. So he kind of felt like it was meant to be. He, you know, he had to have this house. So apparently he spent about eight years negotiating with the Crawley's youngest child, Alphonse, to be able to buy it for £1,000. That's a very French name for an Australian. Alphonse. Alphonse, yep. Yeah. Also super cheap. <laughs> Well, yeah, this was, what, 1963, £1,000. Yeah. And it's also, like, at this point, a basic ruin. Yeah, so a lot of money needs to be ploughed into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So their first paranormal experience happened just three days after purchasing the mansion. They'd gone oh, out um, for some supplies, and, and on their return, all the lights in the house were on. I mean, every single window door was just, like, beaming lights out. Now, remember, there's no glass in any of these windows, so it's not like it's the headlights from the car that are reflecting or anything like that. Yeah. And not only is this a bit weird, but it's also completely impossible as the house wasn't yet connected with electricity. Okay. So when they got closer to the house, every light just turned off as if someone had just flipped a switch. How would they be like... So did they all turn out at once? Yeah. Yeah, everything just went boom, dark. It was then that they realised that possibly this house might be a little bit special. Yeah. 
Yeah. Their pets, a cat and a dog, refused to enter the house at all and both instantly ran away, never to be seen again. They were like, nope. Nope. Not for us. Yep. Have fun. Not for us. We'll take our chances on our own. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the spirits at Monte Cristo does not like animals at all as the Ryan's chickens, who were all closed away in their pen, were found strangled to death. And their parrot, who was all shut up in his cage, was also found strangled to death. Oh, my God. And one morning, they found a litter of kittens that they'd been looking after, all dead and mutilated. Oh, little loves. The Ryans have five children, four girls and a boy. So one night, the parents threw a big party in the ballroom. And apparently this became like a yearly thing. Every year they throw this big, like, theme, like, period costume ball, you know? Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently recently they've started doing, like, haunted ballroom theme. I mean, it it sounds amazing. Yeah. But anyway, so this, this is the first party they threw in the ballroom. And their little lad, who was the youngest, I think he was about five at the time, he got put to bed. But because the house is so huge, his sisters had to take turns to go and check on him throughout the evening. I think he's five and then the, the, the closest to his age is 12. So there's quite a big age gap. Yeah. So his sisters take turns just every half an hour, just going and checking on him, make sure he's still asleep and he's okay and whatnot. Yeah. And then it becomes the turn of the youngest daughter, who's 12. And she goes to check on her brother. And as she got to the room, she was horrified to see what they later realised was Mr. Crawley standing at the foot of his bed, watching him sleep. Creepy Crawley. Mm, Exactly. (laughs) Creepy Crawley. Didn't even do that on purpose. (laughs) She kind of gasps and he turns around and scowls at her and then vanishes into thin air. So she runs off to her mum and dad, screaming. There's a man in uh, Lawrence's bedroom. He's called Lawrence, the little boy. So, of course, her parents run up. All the grown-ups at the party, they all run up and they're looking for this man. But, of course, there's nobody there. They found no one. Yeah. Yeah. So the son only found this out in his teenage years. Nobody told him. Well, of course, he's five. Of course, you wouldn't tell him. Yeah. But he found this out in his teenage years and he instantly changed rooms, saying he now knows why he always felt like he was being watched in that room. And he still says to this day, he can feel somebody just like looking at him. You know that you, oh, you can tell, can't that you? Feeling, yeah, yeah, that feeling. So his four sisters have all said that they have seen Mrs. Crawley in the house. Whilst him and his father often saw shadows and have heard people walking past even though no one was actually there. And they say it's totally normal to hear somebody walking about the balcony and they're completely used to it now. So the balcony would be the maid. I was going to say, is that where she fell or was pushed from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she fell from the balcony. Wow. I mean, the poor maids, though, that worked there. Manky Mr. Crawley. Yeah, horrible. So strangely enough... Lawrence's wife, Sylvia, who's only lived there in the house. And again, some places say he's, she's called Sylvia. Other places called Sophia. But I'm going to go with Sylvia. Mm-hmm. So she, she's only lived in the house for a few years. But she said she felt instantly connected to the house. And she believes that she was actually one of the Crawley's maids in a past life. Oh. Yeah. And she says she has visions of the maids. 
And um, she also often feels Mrs. Crawley's looming presence. Oh. Yeah. Olive Ryan, who is the lady who bought the house with Reginald, yeah. 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 She says she's often felt just like hands placed on her shoulders. Mm. Like nothing terrifying, but just. Oh, that's creepy. creepy Icy cold hands Mr. on Crawley. her shoulders. Pervy hands yeah the home now operates as a tourist attraction so it's full of all these gorgeous antiques it's got a doll museum which is just creepy weird (laughs) no (laughs) yeah i'm not there for that (laughs) and of course for all it's like paranormal ghost walks Uh or tours so it's now their son lawrence who runs it because poor old reginald died the ryans say they like to take bets when they when the guests come to stay the night because you can pay and stay the night like a and b So they like yeah. place bets on which guests are going to last the night or which are just going to oh. like end up <laughs> running away. Oh, my. Yeah. So people have had their feet brushed with icy cold hands whilst they've been in bed and they've had their covers tugged as well. And they see like misty apparitions. I think it's out of order when ghosts kind of go after you when you're in bed because in bed you should be safe they shouldn't be tugging on yeah tugging on your covers and touching your feet that's not nice no well apparently this is the ghost of the maids and they just like to tease and play tricks on people oh kinky <laughs> is it kinky you said tease <laughs> kinky maids tickling feet <laughs> So there was a film made that was actually based on the hauntings and was set in the house. I think it's like a, I don't know, a B film. It's called yeah. a Muir House. Um, so, oh, the, so the cast and crew stayed at the house um, while they were filming it. So the director, who's called Tanzil Rahim, said that on the first night that they were there, he saw the ghost of Mr. Crawley in his bedroom just looking at him. So he's freaked out. He runs downstairs, turns on all the lights, but then he didn't tell any of the crew until the end of filming because, hey, you know, he's got a film to make. So the main actor of the film called Ian MacDonald said that every night he'd be woken up by having the covers pulled He'd feel pressure on his chest. And in the interview I was watching on YouTube, they said, would you, you know, would you ever stay in the night, stay the night in the house again? And his answer was like, absolutely not. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) He's like, it's a no for me. Yeah, I I don't mind coming in, but I'm not staying. It's weird, though, that they all stayed there. Yeah, well, I think it was a very low budget film. Yeah, I bet there was a lot of um, camera zooming into the woman's face while they're going, oh. And like flashing lights and stuff. I don't know because the main actor was a man. So, oh, maybe we should watch it. Well, there's so many films we need to watch. Exactly. So, guests are said to get very emotional, nauseous, or even faint during the tours. Children react very badly around the staircase. Oh, pretty, pretty understandable. And Mrs. Crawley makes herself known to guests if she doesn't like their appearance or the way they talk by touching or pushing them. So she's she's very... Prude as well. Yeah, she just... You've got to be proper when you're in her house. So yeah, I said earlier, just to make things a little bit creepier, Sylvia, so the the, the son's wife, has made a doll museum. 
Yeah, she sounds great. Full of old dolls and new dolls. Um, So, you know, some of it looks absolutely fine. They just look like dolls, you know. But she hand makes some herself, you know, like... The... Well, like voodoo dolls? No. Porcelain dolls? No, no, like the really realistic newborn dolls. Do you know what I mean? Oh, reborn dolls? Yeah, like the that look exactly like a newborn yeah, baby. Yeah, my daughter has one. Yeah, so she makes those. Oh, Which, yeah. fine. I mean, I find them a bit creepy personally because they're very realistic. Yeah, they are, yeah. But some of them, she's made them into like little baby zombies. That's weird. With babies with fangs or babies nah, that that's, look mm, like it. I'm not into that. Mm-mm, not a fan. Oh, some people are really into them, though. It's quite a niche thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but a baby. Yeah. I don't really want a baby to look like a murderous no, clown. Weird, but whatever, yeah, you do yeah. you. But, uh, yeah, so that definitely adds to the spooky little atmosphere of the house. Yeah, that's weird. So, yeah, that's the Monte Cristo homestead in New South Wales, Australia. So, yeah, if you've been there or heard about it or whatever get in touch i want to i'm really interested because it sounds pretty pretty scary yeah it would be really cool if someone's actually been there and if you've had any experiences whilst there that would be really yeah. cool oh it would that would be amazing yeah please let us know i bet there's lots of other um haunted places in australia with it being so huge oh yeah definitely definitely yeah i bet there's quite some good ones in australia and there's a lot of good murders in australia i'll have to do one next one we do love a good murder i've heard that about australia that they've got some good murderers yeah (laughs) welcome to australia all the best murderers and some haunted houses yeah (laughs) anyway should we wrap it up yeah oh yeah should we plug our socials i feel bad doing this every week it's boring well, how about we say just this week, you can get us at all the regular social media outlets. If you don't know what they are, please listen to a, a previous episode. I'll put it in the episode description anyway. Yeah. And so also, I will say that the email address, it's um, if you want to write in any stories, hauntings, hometown murders, or irrational fears, what we were talking about last episode on the mini-sode. Oh, yes. Um, anything like that. Just, uh, or just to say hi. I'd love that. Um, please write into chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. Yeah, Neil. Please do. Neil, if you've got any spooky stories or you want to be a guest on the show or whatnot, just yeah, email send us. us. An email. We'll, we'll, mm. we'll make it happen. I want to listen to some spooky EVPs. Yep, yep, yep. That'd be really cool. Yeah. All right, then. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And don't stalk people. Don't, I was going to say, don't stalk (laughs) people. Just don't, okay? Don't push people off balconies. Don't push babies down the stairs. Sound advice. But do keep listening. Absolutely keep listening. (laughs) Keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Bye.